Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and we are here today unbuckling the delightful world of sexual health. And with us is my guest, Renee Burwell, who is an ASACT sex therapist. Welcome, Renee. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. So Renee and I had the pleasure of meeting here when I first moved to Nashville, um, and I was working with Sex Positive Nashville some umpty ump years ago. I realized I've been in Nashville for like almost eight years now, which is crazy. (laughs) It goes by fast. (laughs) Yeah. So you have done so much great work. Um, I want to first start by telling folks, what is an ASACT sex therapist? Because it's, it's specifically a training that incorporates kink and, and things that maybe the average therapist and certainly maybe even the average sex therapist doesn't have a a scope of understanding for. So let's start there. Okay. Um, That's a good question. So ASEC stands for American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. So um, the way the training works is it's very comprehensive. So you have to do like 120 hours of continuing education um, 50 hours of supervision, and you have to see at least, a, a, I would say, 300 hours of um, of clients who are specifically sex therapy. So it's almost like getting an additional licensure, um, not just a certification in some ways. And um, they also do the same thing for educators, educators and counselors. Counselors are medical professionals, typically. Mm-hmm. So you have like your nurses, your physicians, physical therapist, and you're doing very comprehensive education around sexual health, um, sexual wellness, like you were saying, kink, BDSM, all things sex positive. So as opposed to if you were doing someone who a lot of people see in this area in Tennessee is CSATS, which is a um, certified sex addiction therapist, or you may see a CST, which is a certified sex therapist under a Christian lens. Mm. Those aren't quite the same as ASEC because they don't have the information is not as comprehensive or holistic. Um, a lot of times it's not necessarily secular based mm-hmm. in science. So with ASEC, it's a much more strenuous process of weeding and educating um, to help providers really help their clients. And I think that's so important because I've I've had people come to me um, who are like, oh, I saw a sex therapist and they had no idea about my, you know BDSM or how to talk to me about that. And it just furthers the shame um, so I think it's so important to, to, you know, if you are looking for a sex therapist to really find someone who has a scope of awareness where they are going to be fully informed and able to really support you in understanding um, your sexuality and, and your curiosities and the things that you are looking to integrate and, and uh, really help you to feel, you know, comfortable in being who you are. Um, so, so I love that you have that that background and and that they are so in depth in in what they you know they ask for for you to like show up and really know what you know know the scope of it. Um, yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, part of the work as a th- of a therapist in general is to help a client feel supported and seen. Mm-hmm. So, if the therapist has very limited knowledge in the area that the person's coming to them for, mm-hmm. how can they really feel fully seen? Yeah. Um, and so you, I mean, you have such an extensive background. You, you worked with Perland Parenthood. Um, that was a, a part of your journey. And um, it's so nice to see them getting more support in, in the political realm than they had in years previously. Um, so let's even pause there for a moment. And because I think people have such a misconception of Planned Parenthood is where you go get an abortion. And while that that is true, Planned Parenthood will help support you in that. They do so much. Um, and so if you can maybe just share with us a moment your experience in how Planned Parenthood helps to support community. 
Yeah, I mean, the way I look at Planned Parenthood, it's about family planning. Mm -hmm. So it's about protecting people from womb to tomb, you know, so they are there to help people with getting contraception. They are there for pap smears, cancer screenings of all kinds, Um, any kind of health and wellness. You know, they are there to really provide full support as well as they don't just focus on um, terminations. They also focus on if you decide to continue a pregnancy or if you might want to look into um, different kinds of contraception for yourself and waiting to do it when it's in the time that you want to do it. But, you know, it's it's a really comprehensive way of making sure we're taking care of ourselves holistically throughout the lifespan. I love that. And, and you've used that word a couple of times, holistic, and something, um, another way in which our worlds cross over is through kundalini yoga, um, is through, you know, using these more, I don't want to maybe use the word natural, but, you know, a, a scope of approaches that, yeah, that that include this, this holistic um, idea. So, when you talk about an holistic approach, how do you see that in integrating into therapy? Um, I think that's a good question because I, I, you know, sometimes you don't realize how everyone has so many different definitions for things. Mm-hmm. So when I think of holistic, I think of mind, body, spirit connection mm-hmm. and really incorporating because a lot of times in medicine, we just look at just the body right. or if you're a therapist, you're just looking at the brain mm-hmm. and it's like, no, they are all intertwined. You know, your body holds trauma And if you're not taking care of your trauma, it will impact how your brain functions, how your heart functions, how your digestion functions. So it's like when I'm thinking about someone holistically, I'm thinking about how is the mind working as well as the body, as well as the spirit, as well as the emotions and how they're interacting with everything. So that's kind of how I look at holistic or that's my definition of holistic. And I, I love that because I think it is such a vital piece, you know, that we are multifaceted people and a lot of things play into our trauma, into, you know, what whatever pieces cause the ripple effect that maybe we're feeling the effects of. It takes a multiple amounts of pieces to to also unravel it. Um, it's not just a, a, a one trick pony that you can just go in and be like, oh, well, you know, it, do some therapy, go talk about it. And, and that's the end of it. It's like, you no, know, like you said, the body holds trauma. There's, there's a spiritual, mental, emotional, as well as physical aspect. So I think that's so great. Um, I'm a big advocate for that approach to therapy. And I feel like science is honoring that more and more, you know, seeing, you know, that, that talk therapy in some ways um, on its own can further the stories can further you know, trigger things. Um, and so that we really do need this approach that is including somatic therapy, that is including a spiritual component. So I love that you are, of course, you know, at the forefront of, of making that change and embodying that. And so your business is uh, Pandora's Awakening, which is such a great name. And um, you work with other therapists. So you have created this community of therapists to help connect, I mean, here in the Bible Belt, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I came to Nashville was to really bring sexual health and sexual education and awareness to a place where I thought it was most needed, where we're, we're kind of plagued with purity culture. Um, so Pandora's Awakening, tell me a little bit what even inspired the name and, and how you've brought together your team. Okay. Um, starting with the name, Pretty much the way I look at Pandora's is, you know, when you think about the the story, it's about Pandora opening up this box, which some people look at as virginity. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she, Zeus gives her a box that says, don't open this no matter what. And he knew that she was going to open it at some point because curiosity always kills the cat. <laughs> and inside the box was like every version of human destruction to, to, the, to man. And at the very bottom of the box is hope, but no one really notices the hope because everyone's so focused on the destruction. So how I look at the awakening is it's being aware that there's more than just destruction. We're mm-hmm. here for there's hope in all of this. 
Um, and we're here to help you as therapists and Pandora's awakening therapists and educators. Um, the main reason why I do have other clinicians is because I want to make sure my practice was as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, and I, I want to make this very clear because I think it's important um, that consumers know insurance does not really take care of the mental health care providers the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. So that's why it can be very difficult finding professionals professionals who are um, taking insurance, but I believe that insurance is a doorway to accessibility. So a way to kind of help is like if someone's going through their preliminary license, Mm -hmm. they can um, take insurance through me. And then also if someone is not able to afford or can only afford very minimally, they can always see an intern within my Mm -hmm. practice. So there's three levels of care, you know, you can either see Mm -hmm. an intern, you know, you can see a preliminary licensed person if you need insurance, and then you can see me if you want more of that advanced um, therapist. But even with me, um, my therapists are being trained. So I always say, you know, feel free to go to them and have them help you. And then if I need to step in, I can. But it's my practice is really about accessibility as well as destigmatizing ah. sexual health as well as mental mm-hmm. health because a lot of us don't um, have spaces where we can be vulnerable in those areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love especially now because I think in the wake of of everything that's happened in the world, mental health has become something a lot of people were confronted with. And and so to be able to have a space where it is accessible, where, you know, there are options, um, I think that's just wonderful. And, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody recently, like if you were diabetic and you needed insulin, you wouldn't question for one second, I need to pay for this insulin or I need to get this. Or like if you needed foot surgery or heart surgery, we don't think twice about these these medical things that are, are more physical. And for some reason, you know, we've shoved away up until I think recently has become more and more like, Hey, actually your mental health is a priority. Um, and how are you helping to destigmatize that? Because I know I, I hear this a lot from um, the, the people of color that I speak to that even more so in those communities is this idea of like, you don't talk about that. Like we don't talk about these, you know, you, you know, so, because I know you're also a part of black sexology, which is, is a mm-hmm. big component. So yeah. What is, what is it like to, to be, to witness that stigma and then, and then how to start unraveling that? Um, I think that's a really heavy um, question. I mean, I'll start with the accessibility is mm-hmm. definitely one aspect of it. Um, but then just kind of thinking about just the role of white supremacy mm-hmm. In our across the globe, it's really about pro- productivity over pleasure. Mm. Um, so it's about how can we make someone money? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's really kind of how our society is framed in the thought process. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like we have to get from a place of how can we make someone money, which is productivity and feelings don't have a space in productivity. Mm -hmm. You need to push those aside and just keep working, keep making money for someone else and maybe for yourself at the same time. And my role and what I try to tell people is like, we have to refocus on, we work to live. I mean, we work, we work to live. We don't live for work, but that Mm -hmm. is not really the way we really frame and think of things. Mm -hmm. So um, if we start really reframing things around what's our pleasure, whether it's through food and um, sex and, you know, just touch and community, Mm -hmm. that's really where I'm trying to reframe and restructure things. It's like, we need to get out of this Puritan mindset, especially Mm -hmm. as Americans, um, and get more into a pleasure mindset and self-care and personal mm-hmm. awareness and feelings are part of that. Yes. And I love you said, you know, sex positivity is social justice and, and self-care was, a, was one of the quotes that you had given in our little pre-interview intake. Um, and that just really, I was like, wow, that's a very powerful statement. The idea that self-care, I think, you know, we don't often think of our sexuality as part of being self-care, but also the idea of it being a social justice. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more on on how you came to that understanding and and that importance? 
I mean, if you think about the premises of sex positivity, it's all about acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's all about being seen. It's all about, hey, you can be uh, an asexual person or you can be uh, um, on the exact opposite of that spectrum, whatever, however we want to define that. I'm sure even as we're talking, the language is always changing around sexuality. So it's like just saying that there's all these spectrums, there's all this Mm -hmm. flexibility. We don't have to live in a black and white structure. There's tons Mm -hmm. of gray. There's tons of other colors (laughs) in our society. And um, I feel like, if we really took those pieces and applied them in many different areas, mm-hmm. whether it's education, whether it's jobs, um, it just trickles into, hey, let people work and and play from the space that they're capable of and what makes them healthy. And I think the world would be a, a completely different space where we wouldn't we would have more collaboration versus mm-hmm. all this divisiveness. Yeah. Um, when I think of sex positivity and and its role in self-care, I kind of, I guess, gravitate to the simplest, which is this idea of of self-pleasure being an aspect of your self-care and being sex positive, which even here, you know, the purity culture, that's even something purity culture frowns upon um, this idea that you would have pleasure in yourself. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier that prioritizing pleasure and, and really understanding the value that your pleasure really does matter. And, and it's, it's a healthy aspect of, of taking care of, of yourself beyond what you're doing, right. That we, um, that our worth is not inherent to what we can earn or provide in a monetary sense. So when you think about um, helping people, you know, who, who might be listening um, cause I come across this a lot here, people are sort of, detaching from purity culture and and unraveling what they they learned in religion and and finding their own truth what are some initial steps to take to start being comfortable with being sex positive um starting to witness that in yourself and and to to begin to bring pleasure into your life that's a a a very again, it's it's like a complex question because it, it's very individual too, mm-hmm. de- based on where someone might be. So, um, one of the things I'm trying to figure out the best way to answer that. I feel like our feelings are are part of our compass. Mm. So, like if and I think we usually just use our head as a compass yeah. in our society, and our brain is not really it doesn't give us all of the information we yeah. need. So I always say if we're feeling down, um, that's a symbol that something must change. And what is it that needs to change in our lives to give us more pleasure and more happiness? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that in, includes creating more pain. Like mm-hmm. you can't always get to pleasure just through pleasure. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get through pleasure through some a little bit of struggle. Um, and I know that's a another conversation that's pretty deep. Um, but, you know, starting with what, what activities do you get lost in? You know, what activities like for me mm. um, and, you know, like massage is important. Touch is important. Yeah. Um, growing up, I used to love playing cards and those mm. are things that I yeah. get like I can lose time in, yeah. you know, some people could be gardening. Some people can be art. I remember mm-hmm. there was a point in time where everyone's just like, just do art, Renee, that will help free you this and that. And they're like, go to Plaza Art. But for me, that's not my pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't find pleasure in that form of art. I find pleasure more in music, you know, like mm-hmm. listening and creating in some mm-hmm. ways. Well, more like listening and kind of playing around with, with playing. I'll say because yeah. I'm not, not a, a a songwriter, but it's like, everybody has to figure it out Mm -hmm. for them. Like it's, it's different. There's not a one size fits all. Um, There's not a one size fits all with touch. There's not a one size fits all with art. There's not a one size fits all with spirit. Um, You have to kind of explore and be open to exploring. 
Yeah, that curiosity to just start giving yourself permission to to discover and and get curious about yourself and notice, like you said, you know, the, the art thing didn't really work, but you found yourself in this. And I love how you said, you know, it's it's not that you need to be a songwriter, right? These are it's it's giving yourself permission also to just kind of play and dabble and be like, well, this is working for me today. It may not work a month from now, and that's fine. But to just keep that door open. Uh, of wanting to to find out, yeah, what is that space where I could just like, oh, that feels so good and juicy, and I I forgot what time and day it is, and I'm just in the zone, um, and that spark. So I love that. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I think one of the things you said that I think we we get away from so much, and it's just important as humans is is the play, you know, and the play is the curiosity. And play and curiosity can come into every single thing we do, all of our work, all of what we we strive for. There should be some level of play. Mm-hmm. Right, because I think so often we stop ourselves from doing something because we think it it then has to, one, make money. I, I mean, I have so many ha- hobbies. I've been like, this can just be a hobby. It doesn't have to turn into some money-making thing. Um and that we don't have to be good at it. And and it doesn't have to be something that we're we're even like identifying as. We don't need to tell anyone like, oh, I'm an artist now. It's like, no, you're just having fun. Like, go, you know, go let yourself. Yeah, I feel like play, especially if we look at it from, from that kundalini yoga perspective, the idea of like the chakra system, like that's your childhood. That's your creativity. It's not just your sexuality. It's all kind of in there together. So inviting mm-hmm. yourself to play is like a great gift in tapping into your sexuality in a way that might be a good starting point if you're feeling some shame and and, um, apprehension about tuning into your sexual self, you can at least start in that realm of creativity and play to start waking up that energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you, um, T-Nash, which is changing its name again. (laughs) I feel like every time I hear about T-Nash, but I love that you guys are still around and doing this, this great stuff. So tell us a little bit about T-Nash. So, um, T-Nash is, it used to be Nash, which was Nashville Alliance for Sexual Health. Um, however, I, when I got into the role of leadership, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a little bit more broader than just Nashville. And plus I had some resources that could help with that, with like meeting people in West Tennessee and East Tennessee, because right. the whole state really needed help, needs assistance in um, becoming more sex positive and the professionals need more mm-hmm. space for that. So um, we turned it into Tanash, which kind of kept Tennessee as a forefront. So it's mm-hmm. Tennessee Alliance for Sexual Health. However, with the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, we've all been virtual. So now most of our attendees, as well as our presenters, are not actually Tennessee based anymore. They're national and even global. Wow, so we decided... Yeah. yeah, it's exciting in some ways. And at the same time, we want to still keep things... Um, attached to its foundation. Mm-hmm. So we decided to name it, rename it. So it will still be Tanash, but it'll be TriStar. So TriStar, if you if people are from Tennessee, they know it's um sorry, I see four minutes to break. So they know it's a um it's still Tennessee connected. So it's TriStar National Alliance for Sexual Health because now we just our demographic has shifted due to the pandemic. It really you know it was like one of those you you know the the silver linings in the cloud the blessings in disguise like as as challenging as this has been it really has given this this global connectivity to us that i think you know sure we had a little bit in social media but i think this just took it up to the next level and and i love yeah. hearing yeah organizations like this that are are able to expand and, and integrate so you all host um are you still hosting those lunches you do like a virtual lunch like once a month so we have been doing it twice a month because oh, of as being virtual. So we do it on um, the first Thursday and then the third Wednesday we do a lunch and learn. Um, but now moving into 2022, we're going to transition it from um, professionals only because most of what we did was we only were professional facing. Right. So anybody who's like a clinician of, or educator of some kind. Now we're going to do one part will be professional facing and the other part will be kind of like an evening for the community. So we'll have like community people come and talk about things like 
how to have a better sex life or tantra stuff that's outside of just the scope of, hey, if you're a therapist, this is how you can talk about this. <laughs> now yeah. it's going to be more practical for consumers. I love that. That's fantastic. And so you can find T Nash on Instagram. It's T N A S H E A L T H. So that's T Nash Health. And that's on Instagram. And you can find Renee and all of her great stuff. She's on Instagram, Pandora's Awakening. So it's Pandora's underscore awakening. That's P-A-N-D-O-R-A-S underscore awakening, as well as holistic sex therapist. So you can find all of that on Instagram and that'll also be in the show notes um, for you to resource back. And we are getting ready to take our break and we will return momentarily to unbuckle more sexual health with our guest, Renee Bruel. Thanks so much for listening. Think about how much sound you hear all the time noise, music, your own heartbeat? What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am Christiane Bella, your Intimacy Architect, and we are here unbuckling the juicy and delicious world of sexual health with our guest sex therapist, Renee Burwell. Welcome back, Renee. Thank you. So we were chatting about all the wonderful resources here, not now just in Tennessee, but T-Nash being something that's that's expanded globally. So I highly recommend that I've gotten so much out of your Lunch and Learns. It's um, something I definitely have on my to-do list to jump back into. They've been great educational tools. So um, I love that you guys are doing this thing where you're opening it up, not just to uh, those of us who help facilitate education, but also to the community. It's a wonderful way to to help the uh, destigmatizing, right? And to really, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And so you have a lot of fun stuff coming up next year in 2022. You're going to be doing a couples retreat, the Pleasure Principle. And it is a retreat that's happening in April, May of 2022 here in Columbia, Tennessee, which is the most charming town. I went up there um, and just totally fell in love with it and so it is a fun day trip if you're here in Tennessee, definitely worth flying out and having a good old time here in, in the city or, you know, just a scoot away from the city. So you can have some country relaxing as well as some city fun. Now, this um, working with couples, let's maybe start with if you are a couple listening, what what is something that beyond just going to see a therapist one-on-one, what is something that, that this retreat is going to, to provide to really help you understand your sexual health? Um, well, I'm still kind of in the process of put, really structuring the, the programming, but the primary, one of the things that I, I'm going to incorporate into the retreat is kind of what 
some people would call a SAR. So it's a sexuality attitude reassessment. So for a good portion of it, we will be talking about all things sex and all different expressions of sexuality Mm -hmm. so that people can understand that sex isn't just what our society may look at as, you know, Mm -hmm. if we just look at just penis and vagina, which we know is just so inaccurate and and limiting. So we'll be looking at all forms of kink, all forms of poly, the pros and cons of all of it, um, all forms of kink, um, you know, so that people can really just have a full knowledge and um, understanding of what sex can look like for them and how it can look in their relationship um, and really kind of challenge. And we'll have a lot of space for group processing so that we can really challenge, like, what are our reactions? What are our thoughts, our feelings when we're seeing this? How does it look as we get older compared to or when we go through disabilities or dysfunctions or chronic illness, which we all, if we live long enough, will have? Mm-hmm. How can we talk about that as well as we'll talk about a little bit or I'll touch on it a little bit, but the thing is, this is more about sexuality and sexual health. Um, We'll talk about just the relationship stages and what to expect as you go through from womb to tomb in a relationship, whether it is a monogamous one or one that's more open or one that's completely poly. Um, So we'll just kind of talk about many different aspects of relationship and um, then if you, because there's two versions. So there's one that's just the group therapy. Well, not the group, but the group processing. Right. And then there's another one that has activities included. So with the activity portion, we'll be doing activities that kind of, that you can take home and you can kind of create more play and fun. So we might go to a burlesque show, you know, or go to play or go to the BDSM dungeon here. You know, we may, and I'm just throwing out a whole lot of different things because I already have them organized in some ways, but I I like to keep a little bit of suspense in case I might want to throw another activity in. Um, We all go to like get couples massages, you know, go to a spa, um, go to even, I know this is kind of a strange thing to some, but like a gun range, you know, cause some people will be excited and some people will be scared and it will just test the elements of, um, arousal and dopamines and right. things like that. And then hopefully what I would like to do at some point, and I know this is very in the future, but I would like to incorporate like some MDMA mm-hmm. or um, shrooms or, you know, some psychedelics in the couple's retreat. I'm in the process of getting trained through MAP. Um so that's the multidisciplinary approach to yeah. psychedelics. And then, I, you know, that would be something that I would like to do in the future is to kind of incorporate mm-hmm. um, certain kinds of medicines in the practice of connecting as a couple. Oh, that's so exciting. I think, you know, so many great things to unpack there. Um, one, I love the idea of doing group work because I feel like it's so important for us to see that it's not just us, right? I think we get so much out of seeing other people reflecting similar stories, you know, the empathy, the compassion, the understanding, the just knowing that you're not alone. So the opportunity to to be with other couples doing group work uh, in processing is just, that's a priceless opportunity. Um, and I love, you know, like you said, yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily thought gun rage, but it's like you have this physical activity, right? And then when we talk about sex, like you mentioned, it's not just penis and vagina. There's so many things. But then if we just look at it from a science chemical standpoint, there's many different ways our brain gets the serotonin and the dopamine and the oxytocin. So to be able to play again, to like play and explore these other things outside of bedroom orientated sex that create rushes and drives and and excitement or nervousness um, and to see how we navigate that. So that is a really, I love that. This sounds so much fun. Um, Marcin and I, my, my partner, uh, recently just did an episode talking about sex and drugs and, and, and that sort of thing and, and how um, it can be such a gift and a gateway done, obviously, in, in a very healthy container um, with, you know, like people like yourself, therapists who are being trained in that or, or, or trained shamans, like people who, who have the ability to hold that container. But yeah, it's, it's a good stepping stone to help kind of move past the brain and deeper mm-hmm. into the body and mm-hmm. deeper into the spirit, that, that energy 
that maybe we can't access, you know, especially if we have a lot of blocks, it's a good way to kind of just like bust through. And then you get to take with you that, that heart opening magic that you discover along the way and, and integrate it into your life. So I love that you're exploring that. That's, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, you know, it's just, there's so many different ways to um, go into this space. And then at the same time, there's so many different barriers Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to doing anything that has the word sex in it. You know, when it comes to advertising, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like, I was trying to get it advertised and posted certain things. And they're just like, you can't use the word sex in social media. You can't use the word sex in your in um, news releases in, in some ways. And it's just kind of like, wow, this is so interesting. And then when you start incorporating like the psychedelic piece at some right. point, you have to think about um, licensing. You have to think about states or countries that you want to um, delve into. And those spaces also, I just want to know, aren't really always the most friendly and welcoming to people of color, especially black people. So I'm really trying to make sure I have space, um, created so that we all have access and, and, um, yeah, that's what I'll say. I'm trying to create ways for everyone to have access to, to healing. That is beautiful work. Yeah. you really are like pioneering that. And, 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 you know, one of the things in your notes was this idea of it, it is our responsibility to to make sex a priority. And I feel like that that goes with sex education, sexual awareness. But like you're saying, this this idea of being inclusive, which is something that I think we throw around a lot. But what like what does it actually mean and things that, you know, I would have never occurred to me that in in the psychedelic ayahuasca e like hippy dippy circles that there isn't a space for people of color. Um, that's, that's really disheartening because really so much of this medicine comes from our indigenous people, you know, that, that we wouldn't be here without those people introducing this and, and sharing this medicine and this, this information. So, um, so I, I'm so honored that it's beautiful that you're like reclaiming that and, and, and really like taking that initiative to, to create that space, like you said, so it truly is in- inclusive to, to everyone um, so that people can really benefit from, from the gifts that these things have to offer. Mm-hmm. I guess that really wasn't a question, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I, I mean, I guess if I were to give you feedback from yeah. that is, it's hard for me to, I wasn't able to just respond right on the, the, right. the spot because I'm in the MAPS training. Right. And um, yesterday we had a BIPOC meeting and um, like some of the people who were over the, all the people who were like the heads of the group were there at, at the very end to do kind of like a listening process. And it's interesting because I feel like we're all learning in our, in our journey. So I'm still learning, even though I'm a black person, you know, I'm this blase blase. I still have room to grow in being sex positive. I still have room to grow when it comes to, um, cultural uh, and inclusivity in many different ways. And it was just kind of interesting though, because that was like one of the biggest things was you could see a lot of the shortcomings in some of the training and some of the clinical trials because it's mostly, it's, it's it, like people are giving homage and honoring the people of color and the indigenous people who've created it, but they're not really including them, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you're, you're examining the practices, but you're not really asking for feedback. So then in this group, you're actually getting feedback. Cause we had, you know, different people from different group, indigenous groups in the, in the, um, in the call and in some ways I feel a lot of compassion for the people who are um, the trainers and the heads of these groups because you could tell that they're help they're trying but they're so lim- we're all so limited based on the space that we're coming from that if we don't have more inclusivity and I'm sorry I'm, I might be rambling a little no, bit this if is we don't great. have yeah yeah, but you ahead. know, if we don't have enough inclusivity yeah. of other thoughts outside of just oh, I'm a MD, PhD, such and such and such, um, we're losing some of the essence of of 
the creators, you know, right. so people were because like one of the big focuses that they're trying to do is really talk about cultural sensitivity and this and that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the BIPOC, you know, group was saying is like, we get tired of being in these spaces where you're trying to educate people when we already know this. Like, <laughs> And we're now part of the education on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, and then like there was statements, like one of the, the pieces was, if you're going to use music, use music from another person's language because that helps. But then, you know, one of the um, Native Americans made a statement like that doesn't make any sense because when we do, pe- I'm going to say it wrong, peyote, 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 peyote. Yeah. peyote they're yeah. like, we use our language. Yeah. We do our music. So to tell someone don't use the native, I mean, don't use the, the speaker's native language, that that's mm-hmm. contradictory to our practices Um, so all I have to say is like we all have limitations and that's why I look at sex positivity as such a powerful um, piece of social justice is that we can't just do it by just looking at our own lens we really need to have outside thought that's different from our own if we want to grow as people and as a community Oh my gosh. Yes. So powerful. Um, well, we will definitely have all the information about the retreat uh, again uh, in the, the notes of the show. Um, and you can find that as well uh, on Instagram, Pandora's underscore awakening pleasure principle retreat. Um, yes. I, I certainly have run into those same advertising walls. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it is definitely frustrating and, and hopefully something that is going to change because we none of us would be here without sex. So you know, our our turning a corner to really embrace and and celebrate sexuality and and sex positivity, I think is just so vital to to how we are as a community. And and um, and you know, I think if we really want to eradicate things like like sexual trauma and sexual abuse, it, the the cornerstone to that is understanding our sexuality and our sexual health and, and having a, a destigmatized way to talk about that. Um, so for couples, and now you work with individuals and couples. Now this is a couples retreat. And um, when, when it comes to couples, I know in my work, when couples show up, somebody always wants it to be somebody else's fault. <laughs> like, I like guess, you know, it's um, and so what's a good way for couples that might be listening to, to start to kind of break out of this idea of, of needing to blame or point fingers or try to make someone wrong um, when it comes to, you know, opening up to, to even begin to have conversations, even before maybe you go see a sex therapist, just, you know, to start being able to have a welcoming space where you and your partner could, could talk about your desires. Um, I think that's a good question. And I think the first thought in my head was, these are all functions of <laughs> the problematic systems we have in our culture, <laughs> you know, of dominance and someone has to be right. And really in a collective, collaborative, secure space, it's not about finding fault and blame. It's about finding connection. Um, so I, I use the term, do you want to find connection or do you want to find correction and sometimes connection and correction are not in the same space like I don't have to correct you all the time to have change happen sometimes it's about I need to connect with you and see where you're coming from in order for the brain to even adjust to make changes so um, one piece is you know we all function from I, I do have like an attachment theory lens or atta- so some people can look that up but there's different at- attachment styles mm-hmm. and in our society we kind of train people to be more on the insecure avoidant space which means that you're very independent you do things on your own you don't need anyone to help you and in some ways that works it it helps you to survive but it doesn't necessarily help you to survive in a relationship in a relationship of someone who you call your person you want to be collaborative you want to be secure you want to know that that person has your back so 
my ideal is like, regardless of how we've been trained in the insecure spaces in our relationship, we want to get into a collaborative, secure space. So when we're thinking about, oh, it's their fault, it's this, it's that, we're no longer collaborating. We're no longer trying to connect. And in reality, it's like, even when we think about couples, couples work is magic. You know, it's like, out of all the people we meet in our lives, this is the person we decided to bond with. Whether that person person's toxic or not, you, you somehow connected with that person and they were put in your energy and you're, you're working through it. Now it's one thing if we may have been in a range situation or something to that effect, but even then there's still some magic in that connection. So usually if, if we've chosen that person, there's something to be worked out within ourselves Mm -hmm. that this person is bringing up. So even if they're doing a whole bunch of crap, Mm -hmm. what is that crap doing that is, that you need to do healing around and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And I think if we look at people from the, from attractions for healing, Mm -hmm. it can kind of help us not always look at them as a problem. And if they are a problem, like I said, if we go back to our feelings being our compass, then what do we need to change? You know, what do we need to change in ourselves or what do we need to change in our Mm -hmm. environment or do we need to change the partner? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and if we don't change ourselves, we're just going to attract the same partner. So at some point we have to do, we, that's, I hope that kind of answers the questions, but we have to do our internal work. And a lot of times, that work is best done in a relationship because mm-hmm. you're being tested and you're being seen in a way that you might not be seen as an individual. You know, I always say like, it's, I, I do work with individuals and then do couples at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting seeing people in an individual session and seeing them in a couples. Yeah. It's like, you see the truth of who they come, mm-hmm. who they are or their scars come out even in a bigger, brighter way. So, um, all I say is that couples work is about really digging in and growing. And I say couples having a business or becoming a parent, those are like the three things that will show where your wounds and insecurities are. <laughs> so just kind of look at your your partner is your mirror. Mm-hmm. It is. And I've, I've seen that with people who have, who have broken up and continued to come with uh, solo only to get another partner and then just be doing the same thing. And it's like, yeah, because those were lessons that, that we needed to learn. And, and of course, obviously, you know, there's, there's discernment uh, if something is, is, you know, really toxic in the sense of being abusive. But yeah, for the most part, we really do need people to help facilitate because you know you can only heal so much on your own we're, we're communal people you're going to be in partnership whether like you said it's in business or or in your intimate romantic life so the ability to to look at those mirrors and not just run and be like well it's your fault um but to actually dig in and be like what is my part in this um is is just it's not easy but it is is powerful and, and definitely necessary um and so yeah i i uh, i i I wholeheartedly agree that, yeah, if, if your partner is triggering you, you know, it's an opportunity to learn um, and to see that as a teaching moment in, instead of, uh, you know, wanting to to retreat um, or feeling attacked. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, cannot recommend enough, like learning what your attachment styles are. I think that's even more important than what your love languages are is, yeah, to understand, yeah, yeah what is your attachment style? Because that's going to help you be just more aware. Um, and I think even receive things like love languages, because then you're going to have a better scope of like, well, what's underneath that. Um, and so in your holistic, holistic sex therapy work, um, like I mentioned before, we have a, a common overlap with Kundalini. Do you find the, the Kundalini playing a role in, and helping with, uh, facilitating, um, the, the spiritual and physical side of, of introspective and the holistic sex therapy? Um, I, I think that's a good question. Um, because I've kind of, I, I, I'm not quite as connected to Kundalini like I used to be, but Mm -hmm. I still utilize the tools in many different ways. And I wish I was more connected, but it's just kind of like, sometimes you get to a certain place where you're so overloaded with certain things that certain things fall by the wayside. But what I like about Kundalini is that it focuses on um, energy and energy exchange. It has a lot of tantric pieces to it. Um, 
it also focuses on the spine as well as the pelvic floor, which are key pieces as well as the breath. Like, let me throw the breath in. Those are the, probably the three key pieces body, body-wise to keep you present as well as keep you healthy when it comes to your sexual sexuality as well as just your overall well-being because mm-hmm. your spine ages you that it yeah. tell, it shows your age so if you're doing um a lot of health work around your spine you it keeps you vital and and happy um well not happy and because let me because that says fleeting emotion but it keeps you healthy mm-hmm. um or so I, that's those are the pieces that I love about Kundalini. Also, it gets people out their comfort zone and it pushes mm-hmm. people past their ego. So I think that's always important too, is to yeah. do some of that ego work. Like mm-hmm. you're not just in here by your by yourself. We need to get past that and connect you with the rest. So those are ways that I incorporate Kundalini um, or some of the practices. But I always recommend people um, participate. I don't necessarily teach it the same way I used mm-hmm. to. Um, just because that's just not the role I, I take, okay. but I incorporate it in many different ways. Yeah, I love it. You know, and we do. We have different tools for different times. And and um, I'm a cherry picker. I definitely I'm like, oh, that I'll take, you know, that works like that works right now. It works for the certain people in front of me. You know, not everybody um, is going to, to respond to the same thing. Like you said earlier, there isn't one size fits all. And so it's a matter of, of really honing into what's resonating and what's working um, for, for the clients that you're serving. And so mm-hmm. I love that you just have so many great tools in your toolbox. Um, so once again, you can find Renee Burwell and she is at uh, Instagram on at Pandora's underscore awakening. That's P-A-N-D-O-R-A-S underscore awakening. You can also find out more about education via T-Nash. That's T-Nash Health, T-A-N-A-S-H-E-A-L-T-H. <laughs> Uh, definitely testing my dyslexia here. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> or you can just go to the website, which is tenash.org too. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. And as well as uh, Pandora's Awakening has a website. And so they can find you on there where you don't have to be concerned about the, the BS around sexual or uh, social media and sexuality. You can just get right to the all the juicy stuff about the upcoming Pleasure Principle Retreat that'll be happening in the April, May of 2022. Um, thank you so much for being on, for sharing all this information. You know, sex positivity is social justice and self-care. I just, I absolutely love that. I'm like, I feel like we should make that bumper stickers. It's just such a powerful message. Um, and so thank you for showing up. Thank you for embodying that and really being out there doing that work on the front lines. So once again, our guest has been Renee Burwell. Any last thoughts? We got one minute to get. Um, not, not re- I had some and then I was just like, oh, I don't have time to say it. So. <laughs> It's all good. All I can say is I'm already on Facebook jail for using sex and something. So it's kind of funny how that happens. So just saying, definitely go to the websites too, because Facebook, if you say sex or have any picture that's strange, they'll put you in jail for like eight hours. So (laughs) it happens. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely hoping that we can start breaking breaking that down or, or, you know, take our power back and just bring people onto our websites directly to reach us. Mm-hmm. Well, I have had a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and we have been unbuckling the world of sexual health today with our guest, Renee Burwell. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.